Welcome to the Gathering at Adele's Sermon of the Week. This message is by Pastor Jeff Hopkins. As you listen, we pray that you will be encouraged, empowered, and enriched. Thank you. God bless. In this moment, just that, we give you the highest praise. that the highest praise means he gets the highest place. There's nothing above him. My comfort, my health, my kids, my wife, my job, my sports team, he gets the highest place. Nothing above him, nothing before him. Maybe he's whispering something to you. But he's saying, I want you to be able to sing that song truthfully. It says, we give you the highest place. If there's something that the Holy Spirit's convicting you of right now, you just simply acknowledge it and you repent and say, yep, I put that in the proper place. It is below you and it is after you. I give you the highest praise. I give you the highest place. You are before all things and you are above all things. To you is the glory and the honor and the strength and the power that's due your name. Every bit of it goes to you. That is due your name. Nothing else will receive power and glory and honor and strength from me. Father, we give you that right now. We reorient our minds, our hearts, our priorities to where you are the highest place. Father, as you just led us into that, I pray for the Holy Spirit to just help us walk that out this week. Where we're tempted to put things above you and before you, pray that we would have ears to hear you that say, nope, that's not right. Nope, that's out of whack. You're out of order. And Father, give us ears to hear your spirit, but give us hearts to obey. So you said, he who has ears, let him hear. So let us not just listen for it, but let us hear it and let us obey. We give you the highest place. Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah, you want to come up here? The last two, the last two songs, I was in excruciating pain in my hip and my leg. And I sat down and I prayed that God would take it away. And some beautiful ladies behind me started laying hands on me. Right at that moment, my pain's gone. Amen. Amen. Thank y'all so much. Let us give the praise to God.
Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Uh, you know, uh, one thing that we talk about is uh, that we're an elder-led church, and uh, so what that really essentially looks like are that men who have been called by God to be placed in a position over us that lead us and guide us, that are praying for us, that are seeking direction for us, that are covering us, whether whether through prayer or just by serving us. But, uh, but you know, we've been a church plant, and so as we have kind of grown and gotten to the place, we've really just been... Uh, like sharing elders with the Brock campus. And so they're, they're elders, which they planted us, and they, they've been providing oversight for us, and, and they love us and care for us and take good care of us. Uh, and, and that's been great. you know. But, but for us, as we continue to grow and more things are going on and, and happening, good things, we've just seen the, the need for a little bit more. And so if you've noticed at the first of this year, we kind of had uh, rotate the elders once uh, every other week, they would have, uh, we would have an elder over here. Chris Martin would be here. Pastor Mike would be over here. We had Danny. You can't forget him, you know. Uh, he'll remind you if you do. But Danny Kokenauer has been here. Jesse is the pastor there at the Brock campus. Uh, he's, he's also an elder. He's preached here a couple of times. And so we've just been trying to provide that leadership. But as we've grown a little bit more and, and there's just more things happening, there's been a, a a greater need to have oversight, and uh, honestly, uh, we want it really badly because we want to make sure that we're operating within the bounds of, of Scripture, that we're not doing anything outside of that, that, that the words that come out of my mouth are being checked by men way smarter, more devoted, more full of wisdom than me, and so they, we just want to make sure that we're going in the right way, and if we have any disputes that come up, then we have elders that are here, and so uh, kind of in, in the meantime, until we get to that point, Pastor Mike, would you like to come up? Candy, do you want to come too? You don't have to. She, she nodded their head like, yeah, yeah. I know. You're not telling me what to do. Uh, <laughs> uh, but, but Pastor Mike is one of the elders there. Pastor Mike, you were a pastor at this congregation for 26 years. Is that right? Man, and so it's just been a joy to have him. And so, what Pastor Mike, as we've just met and talked with the elders, Pastor Mike has felt like this is a great season to come here for him and his wife to just kind of provide a little bit more oversight, to be here more on a permanent basis. He's still going to kind of go back and forth, but it's really, he's going to be here, try to be here three or four weeks out of the month. I say out of four if there's five, that's, you know what I'm saying. Uh, the math works, whatever. But uh, it, it really wants to be able to be here more full time just so that he can provide that leadership. And so, Pastor Mike, we are excited to have you here. There, I mean, I, don't say, I, didn't, I wouldn't tell this to any, and I'm glad no other elders are here listening. But if we could have picked, it would have been you, you know, and no one else. No one else would we have picked, you know. But, uh, man, can we just... <laughs> Can we just pray over Pastor Mike and just honestly, can we give the Lord thanks for, for hearing our hearts on that to where we don't want to be people that are just led by, you know, gone, gone here, go here, go here. But we want to be anchored to the word. We want to be anchored to, to who God is. And so we, we really feel like this meets a need. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you for who Pastor Mike and Candy are, not, not just to you, but to us, to the body. To, to, to your church. And so, Father, we're so thankful that, that you've orchestrated this, that the timing has worked out. 
This was not man-made. This was not manufactured. But this was uh, definitely by the hand of God. And so, Father, we just thank you for listening, for, for just hearing our hearts cry. And, Father, we just want to honor Pastor Mike and his wife, Candy, for coming yes. to us. And, and I just want to say we submit to their leadership. We will, we will operate exactly how they lead, and we will not try to go outside of that. We honor authority here, and we honor the man, men and women of God that, that you've placed over us. So, Father, we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. You want to say a few words? All right, a few. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know I would want to say a few words. <laughs> I wanted to make uh, our relationship really clear to this congregation. <clears throat> Pastor Jeff is your pastor. He is the spiritual head of this congregation. He is the point of the spear. And so I didn't want y'all to think anything else. And I, I, I told Pastor Jeff, I said, Jeff, please let me speak because this is so important that the congregation understands that you are the spiritual head of this church. And so let me tell you why I'm here. I'm here to be this man's servant. I'm here to be the servant of this staff, and I'm here to be the servant of this congregation, and that's why I'm here. Amen. Amen. Don't you just feel like Indiana Jones? He's like, you have chosen wisely, right? Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Brock's having a little party over there to, to get rid of. No way. Man, just a couple of things today As, before we get started. Obviously, there's a picnic today. If you didn't know that, you could have probably tell, told by the way Josh is dressed today, our drummer. He's in full picnic mode today. Uh, but uh, So picnic is today. Please stay after with us and share a meal. Uh, even if you don't like us, there will be funnel cakes, and so that will make up for anything that we lack. Uh, and uh, I think it's this Saturday, it's going to be our brunch and blooms. It's May the 13th. It's a way for us to honor all mothers, whether that's uh, adopted, spiritual, physical moms. And so the idea behind that is uh, Brady, uh, or actually I think it's Amy, she's doing the brunch for ladies, and it's going to be up here. And then you get to come and pick out flowers and make your own bouquet, which I'm told that that's a fun thing to do. So be excited about that, moms, all right? I didn't know that was a fun thing, but it is. And so we just want to really give you guys time, you ladies time, to just come up here and just be surrounded by other women and just really be encouraged by that. Uh, not to be outdone, though, June the 16th, guys will have steak and fellowship. So it's a way to honor uh, the guys and the dads. So it's the Friday before uh, Father's Day. But uh, June 16th at 6 p.m., we will have steaks. Maybe around a fire, maybe not. It is going to be, you know, June. That's frowned upon sometimes in that time of year around here. But don't worry. Even if we don't have fire, we will have steak. So there you go. I wanted to start off with that. Man, you know, uh, one of the phrases, if you, if you receive our text messages, then you know what the message is about. If you don't, please contact me, and I'd love to put you in our database. We don't really do anything else other than just text you what we're studying or maybe a reminder about an event. I try not to bug you guys too much with that. But if, if you got the text, and you'll know that uh, what we're really talking about today is it says our mission statement, which it says that we exist to display and declare the glory of God. 
It's important for us to define that. Like you, you might have heard me say that before if you've been paying attention for the last month or so. If you haven't, there's grace for you. But we say that a lot because we're continuing to define who we are. I, I don't want you guys to look up six months down the road and it's like, wait a minute, what are you guys doing? I didn't know y'all were that. Like we tricked you, you know? Like we, we want to tell you, like we are here and the purpose of this community of believers is to we exist to display and declare the glory of God. Nothing else. That's all we're about. And so as we continue to define that, we want to talk about that. Because have you ever tried to define a word? It's incredibly difficult. Like, I mean, uh, we were playing baseball the other day with, uh, or yesterday with my four-year-old doing little coach pitch. And, you know, you're out in the outfield and it's 10 billion degrees out there and you're just trying to get the game over with so you don't die or have a heat stroke out there because you haven't had water in a couple of weeks, you know. And so you're just out there and, and we're, we're playing and, and I, I try to really inform the team of what's going on. They're four years old, you know. And so, you know, I'm like, all right, here we go. Hey, plays it first. We got a runner on first. Don't worry about him. Plays it first. And, you know, you're going through all the verbiage of what needs to be said. They're not listening to a thing. But I feel like I have to say all these things, right? Our pitcher's Roro. Roro, you get the ball, you're going to first. Just run it. He can't catch. I don't say that, but I'm thinking it. Just run to first base, all right? You got it. You can outrun most people. And I'm in the outfield, and, and the outfield uh, at this age group is, you know, the ones that just need a little extra coaching, you know, and a little extra attention. And so... I'm on this side, and, and I've always got these two girls, Alexa and Sammy, and Penny's over there sometimes or you know, playing at the back of the fence or something. But we're in the middle of it, I'm like, and we got somebody out, Roro outran somebody, got them out, out at first. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Guys, we got one out. Here we go. We got it. And in the middle of that, the little girl, she's four years old. Her name's Alexa. She goes, what's an out? And that's the reaction that the crowd, because they're like, yeah, now this guy's about to have to define what an out is. You know, defining terms is really hard. And I'm like, oh, well, hey, pay attention because he's still hitting. But I, I've been there. I'm like, well, it, it's if you don't get on base. But even if you get on base, you can still get an out if they throw you. And, you know, she's just like, whatever, she's moved on. But, like, defining terms are really hard. And if we're not careful, like, we'll define terms by what they're not. You know, it, it's like we talk... Can we talk a little denominations? You know, like, man, what, what are Baptists? Well, man, we do not drink. <laughs> That's what, that, you know, they don't really define what they are, but they tell you we don't drink. And Catholics are like, well, we, well, we don't not drink. You know, like, uh, <laughs> Church of Christ is like, hey, what does Church of Christ believe? You're like, man, they don't have instruments. I know that. You know, like, we don't know anything. Mormons are like, uh, I don't know, they make their people ride bikes and go to houses. Like, I don't know what they believe, but that's what they do. You know, or, or if you're new to the area, you know, you move, move in, you're like, man, what, what are the, the Dallas Cowboys? You're like, oh, they're a team that doesn't make the playoffs. You know, like, you, we just define that real quick. But if we're not careful, then we become known for what we're not about instead of what we're about. And so that's why we want to continue to define this. And so our phrase of what we are is we exist to display and declare the glory of God. That word exist is uh, kind of where we'll start. It says to have life. We have life so that we can display and declare the glory of God. We do not exist for our benefit. We do not exist for our pleasure, for our happiness. 
We do not exist so that our kids can go further than we did. We do not exist for the accumulation of money and toys. We do not exist for, to be a husband. We don't exist to be a dad. We don't, we don't exist to be those things. We exist to display and declare the glory of God. That's the whole purpose of life. That, that, that's the meaning of life right there. Everything else doesn't matter. I, I mean, like, like you think, oh, man, I was, uh, and you hear people say, oh, I was created for this job. You know, it's like, well, you're, you are really gifted at that, and that is a really good job for you. But you were not created for that. You were created to display and declare the glory of God. You were, dis, you were created so that you could reflect God. So, yeah, you're great at, at mechanic stuff, and yes, that is a perfect job for you on earth, but you were not created for that. We, we pour all of our time and our effort and our energy and money into this world. Just such a short amount of time that we're on this earth. And we exist for these things. We exist for good food. We exist for nice cars. We exist for our spouses and our kids. And we do all of these things that we think are so valuable and so, so important. But yet the, the only thing that actually gives us life is when we declare and display the glory of God. We want to think about why we're here and what our purpose is. And a lot of times we think that our purpose has to be tied to our job or our giftings or our kids. But our purpose in life is not tied to any of that. Our purpose in life is tied to being able to display and declare the glory of God. We get so caught up with that. This life is all about us. Is it just, and I, it can just be me that raises my hand. Is it really easy for you to make this world about you? Yeah. Hannah, I raised your hand for you, right? It's real easy for you to make this life all about you. But the word says that you are not your own. You, that you've been bought at a price. It says, so glorify God with your body and with your spirit. That, that our life that we are so wrapped up in is not even our own. Our existence isn't even ours to begin with. The, the, the destiny that we want for ourselves, the, the, the goals and the, the, the end that we have for ourselves, it's not even ours anyways. Where we want to eat, where we want to live, where we want our kids to go to school, what kind of car we want to, none of that matters we, we we wrap all of our stuff up around that and our identities of who we are and what we can do but none of that actually matters our lives are not our own we're so busy trying to live our best life that we're actually dying we exist to display and declare the glory of god anything else other than that will actually drain the life out of you but to where when you live in such a way to display and declare the glory of God that that actually gives you life to do what he's called you to do. Everything else, like jobs are great, but they will suck the life out of you. Spouses, other than mine, are great, but they will suck the life out of you. Your kids, all 42 of them, are great. But if you're not careful, they will suck the life out of you. You will devote everything to them. And yet you forfeit all that really matters. 
you pour forth all the things that you think matters to provide the latest and greatest phones and car and the best school, the best education, the best sports, the best cleats, the best, all of the stuff, rifles, whatever else y'all are into, right? You provide all of the best of that, which now requires you to go to work more, to be gone more, to pay for more. And it actually sucks the life out of you if you're not careful. The only thing that actually adds life to you is when you exist to display and declare the glory of God. That's what pours life back into you. Everything else, you're just being drained little by little, time after time. The only way that we actually live is that we have to die. We have to die to ourselves so that we can actually live. We have to lay down ourselves so that we can be exalted. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says that even though you are outwardly wasting away, inwardly you are being renewed. You see, because outwardly, all the things that are happening around you, outside of you, they're wasting away. But when you exist to display and declare the glory of God, then what's happening is you're being renewed from the inside. And that, that's why Jesus tells them, hey, drink from this well and you will never thirst again. If you drink from him, you will never thirst again. Why? Because you can never go dry because he is what's giving you life. Everything else will just pour it out. We exist for his glory. There's a passage, Roman 11's. Uh, Romans eleven thirty six, For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. We exist for him and for him only. For from him and through him and to him are all things. And to him be the glory forever. Amen. That, that's why we're here. We're, Nothing else. No other reason. Let's just pause just a moment. Ask the Holy Spirit. You ready? Close your eyes. That way you're not distracted. But if you've got kids, you might keep one eye open. Ask the Holy Spirit right now. Is there any area of my life that needs to be reoriented around the glory of God? So ask that question right now. Father, is there anything that's out of whack? Is there anything that I need to reorient around your glory? And as he reveals it to you, just say, okay, I see that. Don't argue. Don't doubt it. Don't question. Amen. A tip that a lot of times when you're doing that, it's normally the first thing that comes to your mind is the Lord. Because then, then if, you, if you wait just a little bit longer, then the enemy will creep in. He'll cause you to doubt what he said. And then you wait a little bit longer, and then you'll begin to doubt yourself. Ah, well, that's not what he really said. No, he, he didn't mean that. No, 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 no. He couldn't have meant that. 
when we pause and we ask those things, the first thing that he brings to mind, that's normally him. We exist to display and declare the glory of God. To display the glory of God, that means that people should see Jesus in us and through us. You are a walking billboard for Jesus. Good or bad? <laughs> right? People may never step foot in a church, but they could come to know Jesus by looking at you. Romans 1, 19 through 20. It says, Since what can be known about God is evident among them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world, being understood through what he has made. As a result, people are without excuse. God uses his creation to reveal himself to others. And I think so many times we, we think about that and we say, oh yeah, we can get alone and we can look at the mountains and the trees and maybe somehow beaches. Uh, you know, like maybe the Lord can reveal himself through that and you get out alone and you're like, man, I just feel like I'm more with God when I'm out there. But he doesn't just use that creation. He uses this creation right here. People should feel the same way after they come into contact with us where they're like, man, I just felt more loved by God in that moment. I felt, I felt like he was so close to me because he is, because he's in me. You know, like God uses his creation to reveal himself to the lost, to the hurt, to the broken. To his people. You are a walking billboard. We display the glory of God through our actions. That the, the, the mundane tasks that we do, the everyday life that we have to live, we display God because people are looking at us and they question whether God is real or not. And we have to get to the place where that our actions match our beliefs. You can believe something all day long, but if your actions don't match it, then it's worthless. We, we can believe all day long that, that putting aside money each week for savings is a great idea. But until our actions meet that, then it, it's worthless. Our goal is to display the glory of God to others by our actions, by the way that we speak to our wives the way that we speak to our kids, the way that we interact with our coworkers, our bosses, the people that are driving down the road with us, the people that cut in line at, at Target in front of us or that take a little bit too long in front of us at the store. The, the way that we live life, the way that we coach our teams, the way that we treat other people's kids, that is what displays the glory of God in others. Like It doesn't have to be this big, massive display where I sell all of my possessions and I move to Africa so that I can reach the lost. Man, there are more lost in the United States than anywhere else. I know we don't have more people, but the need is so desperate. That's why we have elders to make sure that we say correct things, right? The need is just as desperate here as it is there. It doesn't take you to do all of those big things. 
but yet be a poor representation of him on the baseball field. To be a poor representation to him in your own house. You want to display the glory of God? Start to speak to your wife in a way that honors her and glorifies her so that your kids begin to see that. And when they get into a marriage, they know how to talk to their spouse. You want to, you want to live in such a way that we're, the way that I speak to my kids is noticed by other people and not in a bad way. Because that displays the glory of God. Because if you see me speak to my kids in a, in a good and a healthy way, and you knew me before kids, you would know that only that could be from the glory of God. Because I was lost, I was hurt, I was broken, I was bitter, and I was angry. And to be able to have patience with them, not every time. My wife, she does most every time with them. I struggle sometimes with patience, but the way that I speak to them reveals the glory of God because it reveals the work that he has done in me and through me, and it gives hope because surely they say, if Jeff Hopkins can do it, surely, surely I can. How we handle life's circumstances displays the glory of God. Not, not just the bad, not just, I think so many times we talk about like, oh, the bad situations and how we handle it is going to reflect the glory of God. Absolutely. When, when we get heartbreaking news, when, when tragic things happen, that's an opportunity for us to display the glory of God. But when things are going great, when all the bills are paid, when your wife like mine is madly in love with you, when the kids obey you a hundred percent of the time, when, when just man you're you're on top of the world, it's so easy to forget him in those moments. We we can display the glory of God that whether we have plenty or we're in lack, my demeanor does not change. My hope is not shaken. My foundation is still solid to the core. In the good times and the bad times, the way that we handle those circumstances is a display to the glory of God. How about this one? Through our trust and obedience. To do the hard things. To do the difficult things. To do the unknown things. To trust Him in that displays the glory of God. When, when, you, when you do make a leap where people are like, Dude, is, it, is, that really, is that really a good idea? Like you're going to quit the job and you're going to do that? And you've got to provide for your family? Is that really responsible? But then to walk that out and then to give that testimony of, hey, look at the way the Lord provided this. Look at the way he met this need. Look at this, look at that. The glory of the, of the Lord is just shown so brightly. John 15, 8, I think it's up on the screen Let's see if I can beat Clinton by flipping to it. I cannot. Gosh, he's so good back there. John 15, 8. Look at this. It says, I'll, I'll start with number with verse 7. He doesn't have that. Huh? <laughs> if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you want and it will be done for you. And here's verse 8. My father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and prove to be my disciples. My Father is glorified by this, that you produce much fruit and you prove to be my disciples. When our actions match our beliefs, that's a display of the glory of God. When we prove to be his disciples, 
when we produce much fruit, not when we just talk a big game, not when we just show up on Sunday and check it off the box and we walk right out of here and we're still a jerk to everybody. What good is that? What good is that to come here and do that and not not to be changed? But when we produce fruit and prove to be his disciples, that's when he is glorified. God gets glory when our actions match our beliefs. The invisible is made visible through us. We display him because the invisible is made visible through us. What a weight and a responsibility that is. Every person you encounter is either going to be a good display or a poor display of the gospel. Every person that I come in contact, I'm either going to give a good representation of who Jesus Christ is or it's going to be a poor representation of who Jesus Christ is. And what a weight and a responsibility that is. We, we want to be able to just have bad days and we want to be able to vent and go off and be mad at other people when it's really not their fault. We want to be able to justify that. We want to be able to gossip. We want to be able to get people on our side. And what a poor representation that is whenever we fall victim to that. What gives God glory is when we produce much fruit. That's when we display his glory. The invisible is made visible through us. They will see Jesus in me. There was a situation a couple weeks ago uh, where I, I, didn't, I, I didn't do great. Uh, I had talked, talked about somebody to somebody else and... Uh, Offended them, obviously. And, uh, you know, those are hard, hard, hard times, especially because they were, they were really good friends of ours. They, they are really good friends of ours. And you look at that moment, you're like, man, what a, what a poor display of really what's going on in me, of, of where I feel like I am. And you're not always going to display him properly. They're not always going to look at you and go, man, there's Jesus right there. They're, sometimes they're going to go, man, how, how could you be so evil? And, and in those moments, we're not perfect. We fell. We fall short. We have to repent. We have to make it right. And we have to start fresh. And that's hard to do. You know, I, I was prodded by by the Holy Spirit, I mean, my wife, to, to hurry up and do it, to not let it, to not let it linger. It's humbling. It's the, because you have to go back and say, yeah, that was me, I did that. Ask for forgiveness, not just with the Lord. Ask for forgiveness from them. Call the other person that I gossiped to him about, hey, I just need to tell you that was wrong and I'm sorry. It's not, not the way I should have handled that. Call my pastor, Jesse. Hey, man, need to let you know this happened. But, but all you can do is you repent, you apologize, and you start fresh. You can't allow that to just become who you are. It's, it, it's a minor blip. Like, okay, we're done. Move on, start fresh.
real fast. Let's pause. Close your eyes. Ask the Lord, is there anything in my life that is a, di- uh, that is a poor display of the glory of God? Is there any area, any, any wrong that I need to make right today? Any hurts that I've caused? Any situation where I was not loving, kind and forgiving? If there's any of those situations that come to your mind, first thing, you repent. Make plans to make it right. And then start fresh today. Amen. We exist to display and declare the glory of God. That's why, we, that's why we're doing all of this thing. That word declare, it means that we are to tell the whole world about Jesus. Jesus in Matthew chapter 28, last couple of verses of the gospel of Matthew Verses 19 and 20, it says, Therefore, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. We exist to display and declare the glory of God. We are the primary instrument that God uses for the spreading of the gospel. He, he can use anything. He can use circumstances. He can use situations. He can use nature. He can use a lot of things. But his primary instrument for the spreading of the gospel is sitting right here in this room. There, there's a quote that says, preach the gospel wherever you go. And whenever, you, whenever necessary, use words. And it's true. But it's also given us an excuse to not actually say the words. We think if we just live a good enough life, then it'll happen and they'll see it. That's why our statement is we exist to display and declare the glory of, of God. We don't just display it by, with our, our lives and our actions. Yes, that's one way. But the other way is they have to be told. Jesus didn't say, go, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He says, teaching them all of the commands I've given you. There's other ways to teach, but the primary way to teach is with our words. But we've, we've used it as an excuse to be lazy. We've used it as an excuse to rationalize. Oh, I'm an introvert. I'm not good with talking with people. I'm not good with the words. The gospel, I don't even know where to begin. You begin with your story. Begin to tell of what all the Lord has done in you and through you. How you were something, but now you're not. How you were dead, but now you're alive. You you begin to use that. We have to use words if we're going to declare the gospel. If we're going to declare the glory of God, it has to be with our words. Psalm 19, this goes with it. Psalm 19, 1 and 2. This talks about... It says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the expanse proclaims the works of his hands. Day after day, they pour out speech. Night after night, they communicate knowledge. Is that not interesting to think? 
Like I think a lot of times we think about these, this verse or, or we've heard it and it's like, oh yeah, we're out there. I can feel them. I can sense them. It says, the heavens declare and the expanse, the sky proclaims the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour out speech. Is that interesting to think about the heavens speaking, about the sky, the expanse speaking? I'm not getting all new agey on you here, but what I'm saying is the word says that they use words. It's not just people look at us, people look at nature, people look at the sky or the heavens, declare it, but we have to use our words. All of the earth points to the glory of God. All of my words should point to the glory of God. That's why Jesus said, I only say what the Father tells me to say. I only do what the Father tells me to do. Right? He only says what the Father told him to say. What if we took that approach? What about idle talk and gossip, slander, bullying, hurtful words? Sarcasm. What, what if we took all of that out of our vocabulary? You want to talk about declaring the glory of God right there? We declare the glory of, of God with our words. We have to begin to share the good news of Jesus. We have no problem, no problem sharing the good news of the newest movie that's out. The, the, the newest restaurant that opened. The, the best plumber, the best electrician, the best this, the best that. We have no problem telling everybody all of those things. But when it comes to the gospel, we clam up. And, and we can't use our words. We, we, we don't even know. We're, we're like, oh, yeah, are you Christian? And you're like, oh, um, yes, yeah. Like we, we, can't even, we can't even formulate the words because we're so scared of what people are going to think of us. The disciples, Paul, they did not transform the entire known world by just living godly lives. They did it by declaring it with their words. They spread the gospel. And yes, spreading the gospel might cost you something. It might cost you friends. It might cost you popularity. It might cost you your comfort. It might cost you your health. It might cost you your family. But it's worth it because we exist to display and declare the glory of God. The only way that that happens that we declare it is by using our words. And that you might look foolish. But I would rather look foolish when I stand face to face with my Savior. Than to look like I have it all together in a lake of fire. I would rather that y'all reject me than for the enemy to rejoice over me. I would rather you say, whoa, pastor, slow down, man. That's, that's radical talk. I would rather you say that than for you to stand before him and say, man, I just wish my pastor would have told me that. The world is lost and they are hurt and they are broken and they are desperate to know the name of Jesus Christ. Their greatest need is to know that. Their greatest need is not a fresh cup of coffee. Their greatest need is not a, a warm coat in winter. Their greatest need is not a ride somewhere. Their greatest need is to know Jesus Christ. And they're only going to know it if the people in this room say it. 
I want you to ask yourself, is there anyone? Actually, let me change that. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, who do you want me to share the gospel with this week? I'm not, I'm not giving you a month. I'm giving you this week. You'll talk yourself out of it. You'll forget it. You'll be on vacation mode, and there's an excuse for that. I'm saying, who this week can you share the gospel with? Y'all were with me until that, weren't you? <laughs> and when the Lord reveals that person to you, pray for boldness. Because it's going to take every bit that you've got. So, Father, who do you want me to share the gospel with this week? Not, not just you, not just you guys, me. Father, who do you want Jeff Hopkins to share the gospel with this week? With my words. And then how can I share my testimony this week as an encouragement to someone? Amen. I'm giving you a week, but it says that in the early days that they numbers were added to them daily. Because people were just sharing the good news of the gospel. And you can say, yeah, but it was different then. You're right, we're even more desperate than we were before. You, you want to see all the problems fixed in your neighborhood? in your state, in your nation, begin to share the gospel, begin to share your testimony, and that will happen. Let's say it together. You ready? I think it's up there. We exist to display and declare the glory of God. Say it again. We exist to display and declare the glory of God. Father, we thank you right now that, you, that, you would, that you've chosen to use us to display and declare the glory of God. That weight and that responsibility that we now bear. Father, may we be good stewards of that. In your name we pray. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to dismiss right now. You guys, uh, Brock's probably not here yet. Jesse said he was going to go a little shorter today to try to get them here, but uh, you guys, the food is blessed. If y'all want to go ahead and make your way over to the fellowship hall, we're going to begin to eat. You can eat in the fellowship. Well, Ryan Byers, he's quick. You don't have to tell him twice. You know, we're going to eat in the fellowship hall and up there in the, in the kids' room too. And there's tables and lots of stuff there for you guys. Or outside, either way. Yeah, it's a picnic. Yeah. God.